Let's talk about your lady with disease progression on adjuvant trastuzumab. Okay, so this is a 52-year-old who was diagnosed with DCIS about five years ago at another institution and received RT and Arimidex also at another institution. I'm not sure why Arimidex was chosen. Two years ago, she developed an ipsilateral recurrence. This time it was infiltrating duct carcinoma. She had a mastectomy. It was a 1.6-centimeter breast cancer with six positive nodes. She's BRCA-tested and with non-mutated. She was ERPR positive and HER2 positive with a fish of 2.6. So she was treated with adjuvant chemotherapy with ACTH. This, again, was with another oncologist. Just approximately two months ago, a few weeks after a dose of Herceptin, she noticed a rash on the contralateral breast. She saw a breast surgeon at my hospital who did a punch biopsy, and she has recurrent breast cancer on the opposite side. So right now, she has multiple cutaneous papules over the contralateral breast, erythematous papules. Several of them are ulcerated, and she has a firmness beneath her right nipple areola complex. The breast cancer recurrence was also ERPR positive and HER2 positive. She had a PET scan. She has no distant metastatic disease. And so that's where we are right now. So uh, contralateral recurrence, cutaneous recurrence with ulceration of the contralateral breast with a HER2-positive breast cancer while she's still in the midst of her course of Herceptin adjuvant. So Joe, what are your thoughts? This is unfortunately a lady who's in deep trouble, who has an early relapse of HER2-positive disease, relapsing on anti-HER2-directed therapy and on endocrine therapy, whose disease is rapidly progressing despite, again, being on both. So it's clear that she needs to continue some type of anti-HER2 therapy, whether that's with an antibody or whether it's with a tyrosine kinase inhibitor or whether it's with the combination is, I think, a matter of some uncertainty and debate. And I think there are a number of different directions one can take that would be evidence-based in this situation. In this particular case, because of the pace of the disease and the need to start something sooner rather than later, we felt a couple things should be done. Number one, that the tamoxifen should be discontinued. Parenthetically, this patient is taking an antidepressant, but it was not within the class of drugs that are strong inhibitors of CYP2D6. So we didn't think that the lack of effective metabolism of the tamoxifen was a cause for that. Is she premenopausal or postmenopausal? Premenopausal. Premenopausal. Well, she, had, she was premenopausal when she was started on the ACTH. So she hasn't had a period for about a year. So she was premenopausal at that time. But that raises an important point, and one of the other things that came out of today's visit was that we were going to check an FSH and estradiol level to more accurately characterize her menopausal status, which may have implications for additional therapy. So we, as I said, stopped the tamoxifen. In this particular case, we elected to continue her current anti-HER2-directed therapy with trastuzumab and resume a cytotoxic regimen. In this case, we chose a doublet, and the doublet that was chosen was carboplatin and gemcitabine because these are agents that work by a different mechanism action than the cytotoxic agents that she had received within the past year, and because there have been trials published using this combination with trastuzumab and shown to be effective. The other things that were discussed were the possibility of using dual HER2-directed therapy, just adding lapatinib here to the trastuzumab. 
the feeling was that this disease was progressing pretty rapidly and was in need of a combination that included a cytotoxic and anti-HER2-directed therapy. The notion of using triple therapy, trastuzumab, lapatinib, and cytotoxic therapy was discussed, but not really sufficient level of evidence to support it. And of course, the option of discussing other chemotherapy regimens, agents, single agents or regimens in combination with trastuzumab was discussed. And finally, the notion or the option of using lapatinib in combination with capecitabine, which is an approved regimen for this indication, was also discussed. The feeling was that we wanted to hold that option for the future. She also inquired about clinical trial opportunities, and we discussed a couple of opportunities that are available. One is the AMELIA trial, which is comparing TDM1, a trastuzumab cytotoxic antitubulin conjugate that's been shown to be very effective in the setting of trastuzumab refractory breast cancer. So in this trial, patients will be randomized to receive TDM1 as a single agent versus lapatinib and capecitabine. With patients, of course, who progress on the TDM1 being able to cross over to lapatinib and capecitabine because of those are commercially available, but if those being initially assigned to the TKI plus capecitabine not being able to cross over. So that trial is open, and many sites throughout the U.S., including some regional sites here that she would have access to. And there are not many other trials actually open that patients would be able to get access to TDM1. Some of the trials that are listed as being open have actually been recently completed. So for patients seeking TDM1, this would probably be one of the few options that they would have, at least now. And there are a number of other trials that are ongoing throughout the country looking at this population. We discussed at least one other specific opportunity with her. But for now, our plan is to pursue trastuzumab in combination with carboplatinum and gencitabine. Right. There was one other issue we talked about with a patient today. She had a cardiac echo recently, and her ejection fraction had decreased from approximately 60% to 50%. So she was wondering whether or not it was safe to continue with her on the Herceptin. I told her that it was really a good point that she'd made, but I thought that she clearly needed anti-HER2 therapy and that we would you know, monitor her cardiac function very closely. And she had no evidence of any clinical signs or symptoms of CHF, and these two echoes were done in different laboratories. So we were not quite certain that we were comparing apples and apples. Yes. We might have been comparing apples and oranges. Yes. I'm not quite clear why you're kind of leaning or you've decided to use trastuzumab as opposed to lapatinib as an anti-HER agent at this point, given her recent receiving trastuzumab and having disease progression. Well, that's a good question. But there is data that if you give a new chemotherapy regimen in a patient who has progressed on Herceptin, you can get a response. So, yes, I am thinking about lapatinib, but I think I would like to continue her on her septin for at least this round of treatment. Yeah, I think Alan is referring to the German trial where patients progressed or relapsed while receiving trastuzumab and then were randomized to receive either capecitabine alone or capecitabine plus continued trastuzumab. And the trial actually had to be, after accruing a respectable number of patients, about 150 or so, had to be terminated early because of the commercial availability of lapatinib. And despite that fact, the trial did show a significant improvement in response and time to progression that was pretty, I think, clinically meaningful and substantial, although there was no difference in survival, suggesting that there may be some benefit for continuing anti-HER2-directed therapy with the same anti-HER2-directed therapy 
and adding a cytotoxic. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt about that, but I'm just wondering why you would choose, I mean, she hasn't seen lopatinib at all. Why wouldn't you try something different? Only because we want to ride this horse as long as we can, right. and we're not convinced yet that we've been bucked off the horse. Right. Some patients have a hard time with lopatinib. You know, a lot of patients complain of diarrhea, which can be pretty disturbing. So I thought I'd hold lopatinib in reserve in this case. Yeah, I think, I guess we never looked at a randomized trial that actually would address that question. A patient just like this who has disease progression on trastuzumab chemo A, randomizing between continued trastuzumab and switch to chemo B versus, let's say, capecitabine lopatinib, not just efficacy, but also side effects. Joe, am I correct in saying that study hasn't been done? And if it were done, what do you think would be seen? I think it would be a difficult trial to do. I'm not aware of any plans to do such a trial. And as I said, I think the important point is continuing some type of anti-HER2-directed therapy. I didn't think 10 years ago that I'd be saying that today. And it turns out for the last 10 years or so, the intuition of clinicians to continue anti-HER2 therapy beyond progression turned out to be right for the wrong reasons, but it turned out to be right. So I think we still have a lot to learn about how to appropriately use these agents. And it's still uncertain to me whether you would get a better outcome by doing exactly what you propose, switching to a small molecule inhibitor, whichever one that may be, or to use dual anti-HER2 blockade with trastuzumab or other emerging anti-HER2-directed therapies. Yeah, that could be the third arm of the study. But I guess one thing, is back to your point, Alan, is you would expect that probably the lapatinib arm would have more toxicity than the trastuzumab arm. Right. Now, but Neil, you raise a good point. And, you know, the patient really clearly wants aggressive treatment. She's very appropriately very worried about where things are headed for her. So you really don't have data for this regimen, but considering that she's in trouble, Joe, what do you think of gem carbo lapatinib herceptin? So throwing the kitchen sink at her. In this particular case, her disease is mainly skin. It's not visceral. Right. So I think you have some time. And that may be another argument to reserve the lapatinib and capecitabine for somewhat more advanced disease. Joe, you mentioned the lapatinib-trastuzumab combination. And of course, we just saw some pretty exciting data at San Antonio, survival data. Can you kind of summarize what was looked at and reported there? Sure. So that was a trial that looked at patients who had HER2-positive metastatic breast cancer who had progressed on trastuzumab, and they were randomized to receive either single-agent lapatinib or lapatinib in combination with continued trastuzumab. And it showed a very modest improvement in PFS at the first time it was reported, about six months or so ago. And surprisingly, despite that very modest improvement in PFS, which many people question the clinical meaning of, At this analysis, when there was mature data presented regarding survival, there was a significant improvement in survival, was statistically significant and probably clinically meaningful in the range of about five months or so. So I think people were surprised by that and also encouraged and intrigued with the notion of further evaluating combined HER2 blockade, whether it be by this combination of trastuzumab and lapatinib or other combinations. 